Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, fans and hate listeners, and my phone. <laughs> We've got a special episode for you tonight, in that neither Tim nor I will be on the show. The reason for this is because Andrew managed to catch up with Louis Roots from SK Games, or and or Backyard.sk, uh, and he's going to discuss the ins and outs of starting their uh, indie game company, um, what they do, and what the Kickstarter was all about. So I'll throw over to the recording that he, he made, actually in his backyard, and I'll do a little outro at the end to tell you where to subscribe. Enjoy. Please select your player. Recorded in front of a live studio audience, consisting of Andrew's wife and bets. Guest starring Louis Roots from SK Games. Andrew plugin requires horse mod. Australia's greatest podcast. Said no person. Ever. Welcome, Welcome to, to another dungeon. dungeon. Hey, that was my line. Um, firstly, congratulations on reaching your Kickstarter goal uh, for SK Games and setting up here. It's Thanks, fantastic. Um, so we'll start from the beginning. Where did the idea for SK Games and Backyard essentially come from? Um, I think, I mean, uh, Backyard really came out of SK, which came out of, uh, well, I'm not really sure where it comes from. <laughs> um, I think, like, like, Backyard never, like, I don't know, Backyard somewhere we got to after years, well, t- uh, almost two years of evolution and of being sort of trial by fire, like, um, we've sort of, we've rushed a lot of stuff and we've got through a lot of, like, we've gained a lot of ground because when I started SK, we didn't really know too much about this kind of, this niche that we found ourselves in, Sure. Um, this kind of like social game. Uh, but not, I mean, back then, a social game meant Facebook game. Yeah, exactly. Not physically having somebody in the same room playing the game with you. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, that's kind of what we started designing for. Um, I mean, originally, we made small games because we were a new team. Yep. And it's the best way to prototype. Yep. Um, and it's very easy to make games that are sort of short, um, simple, lighthearted. Yeah. Um, sort of, you know, just general, like with a real emphasis on fun, and multiplayer is a really good way to, to induce some fun. Well, um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, and that's like that was something we had in mind. Like, how do we, you know, designing with the knowing that it's going to be played socially, sort of thing, is a is an interesting tactic, like an interesting sort of design. Uh, I don't know, it overhangs, and you go, oh yeah, how's how's someone going to react to this? And how's the person next to them going to react to this? Yeah. yeah. So, um, Especially with, I mean, I've seen uh, your the cat nipple game that you guys have got, mm-hmm. um, which I've watched a few videos of people playing it and hearing people's reactions and seeing how a couple of people react to it uh, is certainly very unique. Um, yes. <laughs> had some good reactions. I had one lady who had a bad reaction to it who didn't like it. So what, what happened there? Um, she... She didn't seem that conservative. She just sort of seemed a bit like... Um, I think she kind of... She really embodied everyone's everyone's small sense that there's something wrong with that situation. 
you know, everyone looks at the cuts and the nipples and they go, this shouldn't be right and they don't know what's wrong with it. And this lady sort of, I think her, the word she used was exploitative. Exploitative cats. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, which I don't think that's, I don't really think that's true, but. No. <laughs> um, I do like that, you know, um, yeah, she had a problem with it and she was, you know, and, and it didn't, you know, it really didn't bother me. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm surprised that it's only one person that has had an issue with it, really. Well, I didn't think that cats really had that much of a, um, you know, an opinion of their, their nipple rights in a way. Yeah, yeah. who knew? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, at least it, there's one person out there being vocal against it. Yeah, um, <laughs> she's fighting the good fight. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I understand uh, your parents are both in mining and electronics, is that right? Um, they were, yeah. yeah. Um, I grew up in a small business family, so they started a company uh, doing electrical contracting, so installing um, sort of instruments and electronics stuff at mine sites. Sure. Um, but they, I mean, they started from, they started from scratch and they brought it up to a really good spot. They got to the point where they turned to me and like and offered it to me. You know, they said, "Do you want it?" Um, I said, "No," because it, it was their passion. It wasn't my yeah, passion. Yeah. Um, but their goal, you know, the reason they worked so hard wasn't so that they could have a really good business. It was so that they could either, you know, give it to me if it was my passion, or sell it and let me follow what my passion was. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So they they said, "All right. Well, you know, um, now like." The timing worked out. I came back from Europe where I'd been working as a mobile developer. Sure. Um, and sort of, I was going to go over east and get some more experience. And they said, well, did you want to, you know, now's the time if you want to take this advantage, like take this opportunity. And yeah, there's no way I could turn down the opportunity. So yeah, it's definitely, yeah, it's good that you've been able to do it in Perth at least. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's really, um, you know, like a lot of, I had, a, uh, I had a discussion with a couple of friends last night who are sort of musicians and one of them lives in Sydney and one of them is just about to leave to go to Europe and do something else um, and we both, we all sort of said like there are people who um, leave Perth and you know who say like oh screw Perth, it's too small or it doesn't, you know, it doesn't suit me and they go do something else yep. which is fine, go somewhere else, do other things but there are people who sort of complain about it and stay here and don't do anything about it and you know, in my point of view, it's just if you want something more, then make something more. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I mean, I've lived in Perth for all of my life, and I've certainly found that, um, at least with bands, that uh, you know, they they find that they're restricted by Perth in some way. Mm. And so, yeah, as you're saying, they move across east. Um, so, do you find that uh, you know? not allowing something like geogra ge geography to uh, restrict what you you want to do um, does that kind of push you a little bit more in a way um, it does and it also I think it's all about frame of mind because yeah. um, that's really seems to be what what stops people um, uh, a friend last night was saying that he he knows a guy who lives in Perth who has so much talent but in Perth it's very comfortable for him yep you're uh, saying like you know he wishes this guy would go to New York where the city almost pushes you every day to do something different and unique and yeah you know um, but I think yeah then that's totally true but it's all about you know how you look at it and yeah when I came back from from Europe 
like the world seemed a lot smaller you know like getting on a flight you can really you can go anywhere and be yeah. there tomorrow um, oh, yeah. Yeah. so it's sort of uh, I guess I, I didn't see it as isolated anymore yeah uh, it's certainly in my experience at least it's not I don't feel I find it as isolated especially with how digital the world is coming mm-hmm. um, so back to the social gaming aspect as mm-hmm. you're saying um, you've used the term new arcade movement before um, can you explain that a bit and what that is for um, yeah there is uh, there are people out there who can who can do a lot better job explaining it um, uh, my friend Chad Toprak in Melbourne is doing his PhD mm-hmm. on the new, new arcade movement um, that'd be interesting yeah. yeah he's he's gone around the world and visited a lot of people and gone to a lot of parties and um, all in the name of science, yeah, know, or <laughs> whatever he has to say in order to get money. Yeah, good for him, I say. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a very, it's an interesting sort of movement um, of, I guess, looking at games as uh, it's, I guess, taking the arcade idea from the '80s and making it into, um, you know, it's like taking the usefulness out of it and bringing it back yeah um the usefulness being the kind of you know uh the great culture around it and the the experience of going to an arcade and playing games around your friends um and playing new things and you know um being exposed to new games through uh like a whole cabinet whole sort of like a tactile experience yeah um but there's a i mean there's a a lot of different events around the place um, everyone seems to be doing things differently which is great because no one you know no one knows what we like we don't know what we're doing like well, it's forging new ground in a way which is really mm. you know as a as a gamer myself it's really exciting to see because um, you know certainly with the, the disappearance of um, couch co-op games and stuff like that and yeah more straight online it's it's great to see it you know this the new arcade movement rise up so it's really really yeah. exciting yeah it is um yeah it is it is interesting i mean uh, people often sort of say oh you know how like have you got the new consoles you know uh, which one should i get ps3 or I mean, ps4 or xbox yeah. um and i have to say i know i'm a game developer but i don't have either of them because i have like they don't have the same they don't really have a purpose for me anymore yeah they um like consoles for me were always about like you know couch co-op and local multiplayer and that's not really a thing you know yeah it doesn't yeah. really exist so much anymore um, there are, yeah there are kids i did a thing at SciTech and was telling kids about it and they were like really because yeah. you know their experience of online of multiplayer is online multiplayer yeah and, and it's always yeah. uh you know first person shooters and stuff like that um so i guess in that sense as well what uh, there's a there doesn't seem to be that too too many uh, first person shooters that you guys create as well. So what uh, what what kind of games do SK Games create? Um, I think we like the the big thing is is designing for the experience of play. So designing for the end result. Like um, the game for us isn't you know like isn't just inside a computer. It's sort of how you play it and it's the events around it and you know how it will go down in a public setting um so when you know first person shooters are, are really immersive but they alienate you from someone who might be standing behind you watching 
Yeah. Um, a game that's good to spectate is a really good party game um, because you naturally have more spectators than you have players. Although, you know, ideally you could make it, you know, I, I guess I'm not going to start throwing around weird game ideas. Oh, go for it, yeah. <laughs> Feel free. <laughs> We've had ideas of, you know, like how could you make everyone at the party part of the game? Yep. But they always sort of. Um, I think we're in an interesting time where everyone has a smartphone, but they're not really reliable at the moment. Um, you can't. You, it's not at the point where you can rely on it yet. Yeah. I mean, our well, as the guy who makes the hardware here, um, arcade buttons and sort of real, sort of uh, analog switches, just, or <clears throat> big clunky bits of hardware, are really great because they're easy and sort of. Um, reliable. Yep. So I think you know, reliability and, and from the hardware, kind of that almost seeps back into the game design of thinking about, you know, is this going to be too finicky to play on uh, an old joystick sort of thing? Yeah. Um, you have to sort of, uh, I guess, and then you've got all these different factors that come into to gaming and social places. Like, do you have it? Is it more skill based or is it more luck based? Because skill based will, you know. Like games like Towerfall are really, um, you know, it's a really great local multiplayer game. Yeah, I love Towerfall. Yeah. Um, but you have the, the problem with Towerfall is that when people rock up and they have played Towerfall before, and someone comes in and they've never seen it before, first, whoever's played it before has a great advantage. Um, well, great for them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and the other person sort of has a bit of a shit time. Yeah. Um, it's kind of it, there's a lot of skill to it, and it's not very easy to pick up over one or two rounds um, so I suppose we sort of keep that in mind and try to make games a bit more um, with a little yeah a little more forgiving yeah um, bit of random chance here and there always helps um, but also I think one of the interesting parts about designing the controller for it at the same time is uh, simplicity yeah so being able to say like do we need an extra button for that or can we make it uh, double tap this button or you know and the the less buttons we have to use the easier it is to make a cabinet um, and the easier it is for someone to approach it and go oh there's only two buttons cool I can play this yeah, um, yeah. again you want to encourage that social element of things um, so in that in that sense as well obviously there there have been gaming bars and gaming places in Australia like the Manor Bar for example mm -hmm. um, and uh, unfortunately, obviously, uh, that no longer exists in Melbourne. Um, have you learned anything from those kinds of places and the failures and successes of them as well? And mm, definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the, uh, the interesting thing we find with those, because um, the Manor Bar in Brisbane still going, yeah. the Beta Bar in Melbourne has just started going really well. Mm -hmm. Um, they've been doing sort of one-off or every sort of month, week or so. Um, <clears throat> but these are... Uh, I think the interesting thing here is that they are... Uh, they're bars for gamers. Yeah. You know, and they've got games and they're, they're for gamers. And, like, I really don't like the term gamer. Like, you know, because of the... Not because of the anything recent with, you know... Yeah, that, yeah. that stuff. <laughs> that stuff yeah <laughs> but um more to say you know it is a, a very it's an alienating term 
for non-gamers and that was kind of you know people without the knowledge of games yeah. um, so like, and those are the people that I really like sort of focus towards because there's a lot of people out there who play games and they but they wouldn't call themselves a gamer um, and those bars are quite uh, alienating to them um, yeah it's a really it's walking into someone else's culture sort of thing and it's when we're, especially when they're that sort of like laid on that thick it's really like you know it's a horrible culture well it's not horrible it's just like it's a really hardcore culture to walk into it's a it's a pretty inaccessible culture in a mm. way because there still is some stigma regarding not not just regarding Gamergate but you know I, I do find that some people out there still think that oh, gamers they just sit in their bedroom you know of their parents house all day long and play games and mm. maybe there's not a as good an understanding of what it is so um, Obviously, a Fringe Festival occurred earlier this year, and you guys had a, a bit of a setup there as well. Mm -hmm. How did that go for you? That, that went really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, we did. Uh, we did a couple of um, tournaments, mm -hmm. uh, and they were they went really well. Um, the we brought over some guys from Melbourne um, to play Push Me Pull You yep. in the uh, in which those, is good fun. Yeah. It is. It's yeah. a really. They just won the free play award. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, everyone saw it coming. Yeah, but it's just like they got to win something. They just, it's such a great, it's such a great game. Yeah. Um, so they, yeah, they got, those guys came over and we did a tournament, um, uh, which was yeah, it was an interesting trial because we've never done a tournament before. We've never done something like that in public with commentating and things like that. It was it was fun, um, and everyone there knew that it was. You know, like like everyone sort of came along to see what would happen, um, and yeah, everyone loved it. So that was really cool. And so, in an environment like Fringe Festival, do you think that um, you certainly get a lot more people who, as we're saying, you're trying to entice the the non-gamers, I guess, for want of a better term. Mm -hmm. um, was there a fair few people who did that who came along who were just sort of like, oh, watch this? And yeah, yeah, I think um, we had so sort of walk around because we were in the. Uh, urban orchard sort of thing um, yep. where all the food stands and everything were so we had Soph walk around and just go up to tables um, and say hey look we're playing a game over there um, it's really fun the guys from Melbourne are over blah 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 and people who go to Fringe are really you know they're up for anything sort of yeah. thing um, it's like the four weeks of a year when people just sort of drop their inhibitions and go yeah I'll go see Cabaret every night whatever yeah. <laughs> um, so that was really cool Everyone had, people had a really good response to it and they were just um and it was right on the corner, people from the train station walking over saw it and um, you know, we always had at least three people on the like sort of even just stopped to watch from outside, like in the um, on the general thoroughfare. Yeah, which is what you want. Yeah. Mm. Do you see that you might have more kind of tournaments, uh, not just in Perth, but I know you guys have been touring around a bit, um, again going to free play festival over in Melbourne. Mm -hmm. um, do you see that becoming a more frequent thing or I hope so. I mean, I think it's it's an interesting format to, to crack um, because you can't really have a, a traditional sort of round robin uh, or anything like um, one of the like one of the sort of tenets of designing for these situations is um, things like like timeouts or um, just even just keeping the keeping the games and the rounds very short mm -hmm. um, because people have you know short attention spans and. Yep. Uh, and also people have other things on you know when they're at, they're at an event they're not sitting at home going yeah I've got 
you know, two hours by myself, I'm going to sit down and get through some game. They're actually, they're at an event, their friend might walk past, you know, their phone might go off, anything might happen. So um, with these kind of games, you can't really uh, lock someone down and say, okay, you have to be here at this certain time. You just have to grab people as they come past, um, you know, stand up and say, all right, who's up next? Uh, and then someone from the crowd goes, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, so it's a, like, I think that's the biggest challenge in terms of a tournament. Um, the way we tried, well, I think it went pretty well. The way we sort of overcame it was um, to have a lot of little prizes and basically give them out to anyone who won two games in a row or something, you know, like a small sort of token like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that was fine. They were just little sort of love heart bracelet things that we made up. Um, yeah, cool. Which, so. again, encourages discussion as well. Oh, where'd you get that? Well, I did this and... Yeah. Yeah, I think it's not necessarily about getting people to know the, that specific game or anything like that. It's more about getting people to sort of, even just people walking past going, oh, there's a video game I've never seen before being played by a lot of people in a public space. Yeah. You know, it's not like a, a LAN party or anything. It's just like, it's like no, this is, these are people socializing and watching and, you know, um, yeah, trying new stuff. Yeah. Um, so how important, obviously for you guys, it's pretty important, but how important do you see that uh, Australia has a, a building and thriving indie game scene as well, um, especially in the, the wake of something like 2K mm. again disappearing. Yeah, yeah, I think it's definitely um, it's an interesting time. Um, we've got so much talent, and you know, there's not a lot fostering it. It's also, I think, we're also a bit like we have that sort of stigma around gaming. Everyone, everyone does really. Um, like every country has it to a degree, I guess. Um, I don't know. It's a, it's an odd. Like a, I think Australia's in an odd position. Um, Perth itself has a lot of people, a lot of interest, um, but like I don't know. The like education is is, is a, a tough topic. I mean, I went through university and with my games, you know, with games course that is now not ECU doesn't do games anymore. Yeah, which is sad. Yeah, it's really sad to see. Yeah, but at the same time, I mean. Um, not to rag on ACU or anything, but like, you know, I haven't seen that many of the, the games um, courses sort of producing anything that has caught my attention, which is yeah. fine. I mean, I know that, you know, whatever I made at university was absolute drivel. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but then I look over it, like, then I go to Melbourne yeah. and hang out with my friends at RMIT, and like the experimental stuff that comes out of there is, is great and crazy. Um, they seem to, they have the sort of perspective of, you know, university as a place to experiment and not have to worry about money and uh, financial, whether it's, yeah, you know, financially plausible. Yeah. Whereas I, I see a lot of stuff, like especially ECU, people sort of, you know, trying to train up for an industry. Um, they're both valid, uh, but I think at the moment, the more useful knowledge is coming out of, you know, experimentation. Um, yeah, and do you find that programs as well, which are becoming a little bit easier, right, than having to learn how to code and stuff like mm -hmm. that, um, certainly opening up to people who would never really have thought that they could create a game? Yeah, definitely. I think um, there's so many great, like, entry-level programs. Um, yeah. And, you know, like, when you... Uh, yeah, I've, I've talked to a bunch of sort of 18-year-old um, kids recently um, who... Have been curious about how to you know how to get in and, and what they should do, um, 
and yeah, you just say, well, make games, you know, like just make some stuff. It's like, it's very, it's very simple. Um, and there's, and the internet is full of, you know, like how to do this, how to like, I suppose it's all about information gathering. Um, yeah. The programs are sort of, it doesn't really matter what you use. Um, like as long as it's not something old and terrible, but I mean anything that's that people are using currently, yeah, it's fine. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's a it's a really good like space to be able to say, make your own thing, make whatever, mm. um, and sort of I guess yeah, and be able to to easily show someone um, really interesting little games that are made you know by someone in a, a day or two, yeah, like and not not be afraid to try. I yeah, guess that's true. Yeah. yeah. Um, so game jams are pretty popular over east. Well, over east and internationally, um, mm-hmm. especially leading up into things like GDC and stuff like that. Um, do you see something, you know, game jams being something that you guys would be interested in doing in the future, or yeah, definitely have done or at all? I think they're um they're yeah they are really great at community building and. Um, yeah, they're they're really good. They're a really good source of fun social games as well. You know, um, but I think uh, for us it's difficult as a as a company. Yeah. Um, so we like we usually go through let's make games in yep. Perth, you know, and just talk to them and and they they because they champion the global game jam. Yeah. Um, which you know they they had a lot of entries, and then we did you know showed the entries off of Fringe. Yep. Uh, which was really fun, and that was really cool to be able to do that. Um, like that sort of where I can step in and be like, all right, well, you know, if you're making stuff at a game jam, uh, that's not, you know, just because it was made in two days doesn't mean it's invalid. It's totally, you know, that's a that's a game. You should make, you know, you should get people to play it. Uh, let's put on a show and get people to play it, you know. Yeah. Because um, that's, I think that's one of the most satisfying things as a developer is seeing someone play your game. Yeah. You know, and like, I think that's, yeah, that's probably... That's really the heart of you know, why I do what I do, is or why I'm not in mobile development or any other development. So, how long did you work in mobile development for as well? Uh, only about a uh, year and a half. Yeah. And what sort of environment was that compared to what you're currently doing? Um, the working environment was kind of similar because um, mobile is a very sort of small, uh, like you know, small projects, small teams, um, and there's a lot of great similarities between. Uh, sort of the design elements you use, like um, <laughs> get that on the on the, <coughs> on the mic. Um, the you know, like for example, um, keeping everything really simple on a phone. Yep. Um, having the the old thing was like you have like seven or eight seconds before someone gets bored of your free uh, if they download it for free it's about yeah eight seconds before they get bored and um get rid of it so you know you get in with a hook straight in um and all those kind of things that we uh you know short play sessions that kind of stuff that's actually really similar to social you know putting it at at the pub you have to get someone drawn right in straight away make it really simple um so that was kind of interesting in terms of like the business um side it's completely different and really quite manipulative and yeah, it's not my favorite yeah. Um, the yeah the those kind of design the free-to-play stuff is very horrible and that's definitely a reason I, I didn't want to be in that industry 
Yeah, it does, from an, as an outsider's perspective, it does certainly look like a very greedy, well, maybe not greedy is the right word, but, you know, cutthroat kind of world, um, mm. which you really have to, as you're saying, you've, you've got eight seconds to really get the player's attention. Um, so you've been overseas, you're back in Australia, where to here from, where to from now? Well, I think, um, <laughs> yeah, it's hard to sort of look forward. I mean, yeah, like, since starting this, you know, SK, like, uh, I haven't really been able to see more than a few, or maybe six months ahead sort of yep. thing. Um, it wasn't until we sort of finished the tour last year that I was like, you know what, we should make a shop. Um, so now we've got a backyard, uh, which I really like because that was sort of, you know, uh, I don't know, it's sort of like that's, it's bringing all this stuff together and, and finding people who, you know, only have, like, who make these games and or have just one or two, you know, and, mm-hmm. um, and they want to get these games out there. And, uh, yeah, and the, and the marketplaces at the moment are just, you know, weird. Uh, it's, a, it's a really, like, sort of, I mean, it's always an interesting time as a gamer because, you know, it's moving so fast. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think, uh, so later on this year, I'm going traveling um, globally and taking a backpack with a bunch of games and doing some events with friends. Right. Um, yeah. There's some, a few other groups that do similar stuff. Uh, in I think I'm going past, I'm going past South Africa uh, on my way up to Europe and then over to the North America. Um, That'd get, be fantastic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm getting going to get to go back to Denmark and see my mates. So yep. that'd be really great. Um, yeah. I think I'm going to do a, like a bit of a show with them and make them a controller or something. I don't know, do something. Um, but that'd be really cool. Yeah, do you find, you're saying, you know, going around the world with a backpack and stuff like that in a few games, is it more of a case of just sort of going, hey, are you interested in games? Well, try this out and seeing people's reactions and stuff like that? Or? Yeah, I think it's, it's sort of about um, spreading, like, sort of, I guess, spreading the word of these kind of games. And also, um, I mean, because I can't really... I can't really get a massive following around around the world at the moment. Um, yes. You know, you know, check back in a few years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, like, um, so the more important thing for me at the moment is to meet other other people doing these kind of events and running, you know, like, like the the me's in other places. Yeah. Um, because you know, as I said, like it's it's such a new niche and no one, yeah, no one really knows what they're doing. Yeah. Um, and you know, so being able to share information and you know talk about where we should go, for, you know, what we should push for in the future, and um, how we expose this kind of stuff to more people, and um, if I can make, you know, if we, if we can sort of help each other out, and then um, I, you know, I can help him out, and or whoever, whomever, yeah, <laughs> uh, and then they they little community fosters, and uh, I go back here, and I bring their knowledge back here, and you know, like that's just going to make the whole area, the whole sort of genre, I guess, or stronger. Yeah, exactly. And especially uh, in certain places which you wouldn't expect, as you're saying, South Africa and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I'm not aware of what their gaming culture is like there, but I would hope that you know there's a place just like this there. Mm. So fingers crossed. Yeah. Uh, so wrapping up, um, finish off with what would you say is Australia's best game? <laughs> doesn't have to be an indie game or whatever because we've got we don't have a voice as such that I have seen so yeah 
yeah. what do you think? <laughs> I'm not sure. I mean, it's uh, it's interesting. Um, you know, like, I remember, you know, as a kid playing Crash Bandicoot and it being like, oh, it's band- it's a Bandicoot, that's Australian. Yep. And, um, and being like, no, this is more like, you know, the, like, Tasmanian Devil sort of thing where, you know, like, Taz, which is like, I guess a nod to Australia, but like, you know, it's like, yeah, that's, I guess it, it's, yeah, it's a nod, but it's not really anything Australian. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, I played the, uh, the Borderlands pre-sequel from the oh, 2K yeah. guys. Yeah. Um, and I, I really liked the Australian, you know, like, all of it, you know. Yeah. Um, the references and the dialogue, it came across as, as authentically Australian and not, you know, just pushing it for a laugh and talking about Fosters or something like that, you know. Yeah. Um, and that was really good. I met, met a couple of the guys in at GDC, and I was like, "Yeah, I really like that that part." I didn't tell them about all the problems I had with the game, you know, <laughs> mechanically. Yeah. But um, but yeah, it was good to be able to you know say, "Yeah, you, you did well with the you know yeah, the, the characters and the dialogue and the story." The yeah. Um, but I mean, in terms of like Australia's best game, ooh. <laughs> I throw I throw a heavy question at the end. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I do really like. Um, which games did you get in the Kickstarter? The pizza one? Yeah. Um, oh, I can't remember what the other one was. Uh, well, the pizza one is um, like from Oscar, who uh, lives in Frio. Sure. And um, and that's, you know, like I love, I we had that at the Free Play Fate, and I loved explaining it to people and be like, yeah, well, you know, it's, you know, you just got to deliver the pizza and you can't, like, you know, you can't sort of. Uh, do anything but move and you know get to the spot to deliver the pizza and stuff and they're saying oh well what's what's happening sort of thing I'm like oh well you're a, like a, an ethnic pizza boy and you have to deliver pizza to racist Australians so that's why they're shooting at you and um I really need to play this tonight yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this levels the uh the you know the Nalu detention centre and yeah you know like um and that's why the guy's yelling out you know Pauline Hansen for PM and um and oh, it's great a, yeah it's, it's just got so much character and he um he does really like his his other game he he did for his little stand-up comic simulator thing um was all set in Frio you know with like slightly different names of things yeah um not that anyone would really sue him but I think it's just like it has such a great like flavour to it and it's such a local vibe you know yeah yeah I'm looking forward to playing it now yeah not not that I wasn't before I was, having, <laughs> I was trying to have a look and see what other game I got but I can't recall but yeah um, yeah he uh, yeah I mean he did it like all the voices and stuff I think he might have had a friend do some of them I hope <laughs> um, otherwise yeah because there's just I guess you know make sure you can hear it um, yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah well definitely and I think I think that's what uh, for me I hope happens out of these indie games is that Australia gets a, a voice of some kind yeah um, that somebody can look at a game and go well that's that's Australian you know so um, yeah yeah thanks again for for the interview no problem really man. appreciate it um, and best of luck with everything with backyard and yeah. SK game SK games in the future SK go yeah well <laughs> can show that I'm a lightweight after one beer um, <laughs> thank you very much cheers no problem man so there you have it. Hope you found it interesting. If you wanted to know more about SK Games, you can go to their website, www.skgames.com.au. They've got information about their store, games, events, all that sort of information there. If you want to know more about us, 
and you don't already know our website it's anotherdungeon.com and up in the top right there are links to all our facebook twitter youtube twitch everything have a great night see ya